This week's episode is sponsored by Current Jerker Designs. When you're a promoter of any kind, one main obstacle you face is, how do I get more attention for my business? With Current Jerker Designs, you get over 10 years of experience with their creative marketing services. Reach out to Derek Sharp at CurrentJerkerDesigns.com. Again, that's CurrentJerkerDesigns.com, or you can email Derek directly to Derek at CurrentJerkerDesigns.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tuesday in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we have a fatal four-way match. We're going to preview a little bit of Freelance versus the World, the eight-year anniversary. I think I'm getting that right. Um, and we have the voices of Freelance Wrestling, two voices you should be probably pretty familiar with if you have watched back any show on IWTV, any sort of clip uh, that came out of there with your official commentating team. That's who we have on today's show. Before we introduce them, because um, we got a lot to talk about, Chris, thank you for adjusting to my schedule. And we lost, we just lost someone. They're going to come back. But Chris, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing all right, man. It's it, it's good. It's good to uh, to be able to record. And, you know, it's I'm flexible. I, you know, we can record any day you're available, Charlie. So no worries. Thank you. Thank um, you for scheduling and, the show. You know, the, 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 the guests for, for today, right? Like it's I think we've had this conversation for over a couple of years, I would even say. You know, we, we talk about this in passing and every freelance show that we attend to. Um, and, and I think, as you said it right before we began recording, that, you know, 80th anniversary coming up and why not have the voices of freelance wrestling? So welcome on Kmel and Sterling. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? My first time on. So I'm excited. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> overdue. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Sir. It's long overdue for both of you. Um, Kamel, I think is is gone into the dark room. It looks like it looks like he needs to powder his nose for a second. I think once maybe a little technical difficulties. I think once he comes back, you'll be able to recognize his voice as well. But yeah, Sterling, it's long overdue, so we're just happy yep. to have you. Honestly, happy to be on, and what a time to be on as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So when a big show like this comes up, um, you know we need to have some big guests and. We have like in somewhat uh, you, you and Kmel could be. I know Kmel is considered a rough freelance wrestling historian. Yes. I'm sure you got some tricks up your sleeve. You're <laughs> obviously familiar with the roster and things like that. Um, so we're gonna jump into the buffet line. So it is a buffet line episode, but the the hot plate, the main course is your show preview. So it's like that's the that's the burger patty and then we we're gonna put this the same the top of the sandwich and and the bottom of the sandwich are you and kmel we're just gonna squish them all together sounds fantastic i'm hungry let's see <laughs> kmel modified <are> you- <laughs> buffet line wrestling buffet line so um you know I, i'm excited to get this thing going and just kind of do a, a quick recap of that uh buffet line style which is we do the salad bar which is fresh takes in this case we're gonna gonna get to know kml and sterling um for the main course as charlie said we're gonna talk about the upcoming show for freelance the eighth uh anniversary show um and then as dessert as promised and as always we'll uh finish that off with a uh, word association so it should it should be good. Chris, why don't you start us off? Uh, KML is, ha- is having some technical difficulties. Um, I'm gonna chat him back really quick. So why don't you why don't you start off? With all right, question. all right. Well, um, we'll put KML in the green room until he's ready. 
Oh, oh well, well, I'll just keep bringing them back. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the first question that we normally kick off uh, the buffet line with is, what is it that you love about wrestling? So Sterling, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce that one to you first. Uh, awesome. You know, I think the thing I've always loved about wrestling is I feel like, and I've said it from time and time again, I feel like it's the purest art form. Um, I feel like you have the ability um, to tell a fantastic story, which is traditional art, but also adds a physicality to it that I think is unmatched a lot of times within any other art form. Um, it's something that I've been super passionate about and drawn to for you know, 30 plus years of my life. Um, and what really keeps surprising me is every single time I see a show, I see a match, I see um, a pay-per-view, uh, it's always something different. Uh, you know, there's there's psychology behind wrestling, uh, as you guys both may know, and a lot of listeners probably know, but uh, every single match, every move, every story is different um, in some small, uh, minute way. So, I think that's what's really drawn me to wrestling over the years. And so how did you, you know, like, cause so I know you from freelance wrestling, but I've also, you've also done commentary in other places. Right. Yep. And, you know, you talk about that psychology that goes into it when, when you're in, in the middle of a show and, you know, clearly you have an outline of, of what could potentially happen or et cetera. Yep. How do you remove yourself from from knowing that and just kind of like reacting and, and moving forward with, with with your commentary? Right. Like, how does that does the, the that part that you love about wrestling help communicate what you're trying to communicate when you're in commentary? Yeah, I think um, the great thing about the places I've worked is the structure we've been given, you know, is very light. It's very outlined in terms of these are the matches. That's pretty much it. And, and it's usually up to myself and KML and anyone else I'm working with to really come up with the meat and potatoes of what we're trying to tell. A lot of that has to do with us just meeting with uh, the wrestlers or the talent prior to the show starting, doing some research ahead of time, maybe watching matches on TV, shameless plug on YouTube, as well as um, anywhere we can get some additional information. And sometimes it's scarce, folks. Uh, sometimes uh, folks don't have a Facebook or a Twitter page. Some folks don't have any matches uh, logged anywhere on the interwebs. So it, it's tough. Um, but I think we do a great job of on game day, on show day, talking and getting information out of uh, the wrestlers themselves. And that really helps us do our jobs a lot better. We still in the booth get to put our hat on our fan mm -hmm. hat on. and I hope that comes through when you're watching uh, the broadcast because it's exciting for me um, as I hope it's exciting for anyone else sitting in the crowd. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, that definitely translates, right? Um, we, we would go to shows and uh, sometimes uh, I'll buy one too many modelos and whenever we would do recaps, I would have to go back and, and, and listen, you know, and, and, and watch the show on IWTV before doing recap shows. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where like fun facts would come out, right? Yeah. Like, cause you guys would deliver those and um, it just adds more to, to that storytelling that's happening in the ring. You know, as a fan, you'll, you'll experience that once you're there, but once you actually hear the commentary and that's why, um, you know, I, I would always tell Charlie, like the, the combo of you and K-Mel, like, 
you know, sometimes you would take kind of like the, the heel commentator role a little mm-hmm. bit. And then uh, KML would be like, yes, but very factual and, yeah. and introduce that. And, and those fun facts are, are, are what get to me uh, all the time. So clearly yeah. marking out over those <laughs> fun <laughs> facts. And I will definitely use them in my notes yeah. for the show. You know, I always call KML the resident historian because it's so true. Um, he has been with uh, freelance from the beginning. He knows dates, times, time of day, time of matches. I mean, he knows everything about freelance. Um, you know, he'll hit me out of nowhere and sometimes it'll catch me on commentary. Um, and uh, we'll say, was this day a week, the sun set at this time and the finish was this. And I'll be like, how'd you know that? My, my brain can only memorize so much, um, but he absolutely is on it all the time. It's very rare when I can catch KML and I'm like, no, actually it was this. Um, so it's always great to have someone uh, who has your back, obviously, at the table, and and has been doing that for a long, long time. Yeah. How would you guys describe your relationship? Because it seems like sometimes you're a little bit more on the I, – I, there was one specific instance where you were talking about someone from Canada, uh-huh. and you were saying they're, they're from the six or something like that. Yeah. You're almost like on the goofy side, and KML was just like – Sterling, don't say that. Please don't say that. Like he's almost like he's like realigning you, like, no, let's be like professional here, et cetera. Is that is that just one instance of it? Or how would you guys describe your like commentary relationship? That's always kind of been the dynamic, I feel. Um, you know, I try to bring a, a certain uh, color or uh, characterism, I should say. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, to the context of what we're watching. And that could be bringing in pop culture references. It could be bringing in references that we've gotten from talent. I mean, we've gotten stuff all over the board from different wrestlers. Uh, you know, sometimes they want us to plug their OnlyFans. Sometimes they want us to uh, leverage their uh, <laughs> leverage their uh, impact they've been doing uh, on social media, things like that. And sometimes it has pop culture references or... Uh, things like that. And I'll, I'll throw that in there and KML will, he'll correct me on something or he'll, you know, uh, we have this dynamic where a lot of times I'll play uh, the heel character on commentary. Um, not a heel in real life, folks. Uh, just That's a lie. <laughs> KML, you're back. Can just, you yeah, it just my AirPods apparently really suck. Uh, am I, am I coming through okay? Yeah. 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 You sound, you sound good. You sound loud enough. Yeah. As KML just did so promptly, corrected me. <laughs> are you KML? Are you the father figure of the group of the commentator table? I wouldn't go that far, okay. uh, but no. I mean, I, like I think until like uh, kind of getting back to that question, I think I I played I try to play a straight man a lot. Occasionally, I'll uh, go with the banter, but like I like needling Sterling, and I think that comes through on commentary uh, when he uh, when he goes off the deep end in terms of whether it's uh it's getting a little too heelish or if he's uh going with the pop culture references a little too much, I'll, I'll needle him by just trying to correct him back. Definitely. Um, and Camel, thanks for your, so we were speaking about your historical knowledge of the brand. Um, we actually reached out for you some quotes and we put those quotes on photos and they did very well on Twitter. So thanks for the engagement. <laughs> um, where's, uh, uh, where's my, where's my check? Yeah. Yeah. When we start get when we're in the green, you'll be in the green. Fair <laughs> enough. We're, not, we're not in the green yet. Um, nor that we don't need to be. It's all good. Um, but yeah, is like, is that just 
Is it, I mean, is that just what, like, you just love freelance or like how do, or is it just stuff that sticks with you? Are you like that about like everything? Are you that analytical and, and me- like, do you have that memory or is it just specific? To like I have, a, I have a pretty good memory. It's not what it was when I was younger, okay. but like, I think, I think that's a strength of mine uh, relative to most people. And like, I've been to basically every show doing commentary. So it's yeah. just like, you know, like over time you just accumulate that knowledge. I've been there since June 27th of 2014. Like, we're approaching eight years at this point. So, yeah. So, I really think it's just a, a matter of being there. No one's kicked me out yet. The, the <laughs> keep clearing. Like, yeah. So, that's a good transition point. So, uh, I'm glad you're back, by the way. Um, and uh, in in the in the uh, call, I mean. the How did you guys get started? Like, w- like how did you uh, – yeah, what was – what did you just go up to and pitch this? Did you know next before – did you know anyone before? Have you, did you commentate on anything? Like, uh, how did you get this job basically? So, uh, in October of 2012, uh, James was restarting underground and he was looking for commentary and he had been friends with, uh, Mark Maxwell. So the original play-by-play guy for freelance, uh, he had been friends okay. with him for a while and I went to college with Maxwell and we like broadcasted basketball games together. Oh, uh, okay, had- cool. Yeah, we had like a radio show together. So we had some chemistry and experience uh, doing broadcast calls and doing kind of other uh, multimedia stuff. And uh, I guess James like heard one of our like radio shows and he was like, I kind of like that guy that Maxwell's doing like college basketball commentary with. Or, uh, he was like, he was like, uh, and he went to Maxwell, like, reach out to him, see if he'd be interested in doing pro wrestling. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Like, you know, you ask a commentator to do a gig, like what commentator is going to say no to doing a gig? Like, yeah, we all love doing commentary about literally anything. Like you could, you could, it could be like a silent reading competition. And if you want someone on the microphone, I'd do it. Uh, (laughs) So it was Maxwell, I, and a third guy, uh, who did that one show in October. Uh, And then after that, uh, you know, didn't do anything for a while. And then when freelance was starting, not the warehouse shows that they did in 2013, uh, Maxwell did solo commentary on that, but the first okay. show they ran at the Abbey. So that would have been June 27th of 2014. Uh, they were looking for commentary. Originally I think it was just supposed to be Maxwell and Tyler. So Tyler, the guy that uh, runs, that does the play by play for AAW, he used to also do commentary at freelance. Oh, Tyler. I think it was originally Tyler. supposed to be just those two. And I think Tyler had some like scheduling conflicts that made him unable to do the first couple shows. So Nick reached out uh, to Max. I was like, do you have any connections? And he was like, I got a guy. And they brought me in. And uh, I did the first couple shows with Maxwell. Uh, that would have been the June show and the August show. And then Tyler hopped in the fold. And then we did that for a couple of years. And then kind of the rest is history, I guess. Nice. That's cool. That's cool that you had experience before. Obviously, that translates. I feel like you have a very distinct voice. Both of you guys probably, you kind of do. But yeah, KML, I feel like yours definitely sticks out as like, yeah, and and that's a voice, you know, that you just don't hear every day. To me personally, I don't know if that's a compliment. I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I don't exactly know what you mean by that. I don't know. I feel like your voice is distinct. Does that, does anyone else have that? No? I've Kind of. I mean, I know, I kind of know what you're talking about, but yeah, just curious. Yeah. Curious if you wanted to elaborate on what this meant in this context. I don't know. Like when I, you could have joined without like video and just started talking and I would, and I, I, maybe I didn't know you were coming on this podcast and I'd be like, oh yeah, I know that voice. Like it just, it just seems like familiar once you hear it. I don't know. It's like, it's, 
I associate with freelance, obviously, because I've watched a ton. But I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could, you could put some people behind, like, covers or something and just see silhouettes and shadows and, like, your voice would stick. I'd be like, that sounds familiar. I don't know why. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm trying to dig myself out of this hole. No, no, uh, you're fine. No, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm sorry for needle, needling you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Sterling, what about you? How'd you get started? Now you guys feel the heat. Um, <laughs> um, so I got started back in 2017. I, um, I had first got uh, informed about freelance uh, from a mutual friend of all of us on the podcast, uh, Kirby Alexander. Uh, Kirby has been actually uh, a friend of mine since I was the age of 12. Uh, he would uh, take me to indie wrestling shows, um, IW Mid-South, uh, and a lot of other regional shows at the time, all throughout uh, my high school years, probably right before I went to college. And um, I had fell out of wrestling for a while, and he's he always wanted me to get to go uh, to shows of his. He was working with Vanguard for a while, and then freelance had started up, and then about, uh, I think, 2016, uh, he's like, you got to come out to a show. I had nothing going on. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll dip my toe. And I just fell in love with freelance. This was now at the bottom lounge at the time. So for a while I would start joining them every month for shows and I would come early. I'd help set up, help tear down things like that. Um, and shortly thereafter, I think it was uh, end of 2016 came out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Mark Maxwell was leaving commentary and leaving wrestling, uh, at least in the uh, freelance capacity. Um, at that time. And uh, Kirby's like, we need a new commentator. And I was like, well, you know, I've always loved wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. My profession by uh, trade is also I'm in sales. So I do a lot of talking, do a lot of presentation giving. I, I was like, I think I'd be pretty good at this. So he had talked to James um, and gave me a shot with Freelance Underground. So the first nice. few shows, uh, I actually listened to Maxwell and Kirby do commentary. Um, and then I uh, just took notes and uh, learned from Maxwell, learned from Kirby. And then the first show I did was in 2017 at actually uh, Joe's Live in Rosemont. That's no longer there uh, for the restart of Freelance Underground. Um, and it was me and Kirby on the call. And from there, within a few months, cool. I was just getting my bearings underneath me and getting decent at it, I guess. Um, and there was a show in May of 2017. This one, again, these are really weird venues for where the promotions are now. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, May 2017 show was at Berwyn uh, for freelance. Uh, and oh, I was yeah. just around and I think KML was the only one uh, there to do the call that day. And they were looking for a commentator. And I raised my hand and I said, well, I've been doing commentary for underground the last few months. I think I'd be pretty good at it. I'd love a shot. And Nick's was like, sure, no problem. Let's give it a go. Um, over the course of that year, uh, it was almost every other show or for a little while I would step into the booth and Nick's reached out to me. He was like, I, I want you to do commentary every show. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Uh, so uh, since then I've been doing commentary for freelance um, and other promotions, but that's kind of where I got my start. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool that you gave us a little insight into the prep, right? Like if, <laughs> if someone were to come up to, and I don't think this will ever happen. If someone would be like, Hey, Chris and Charlie, you talk a lot about this, like do commentary. I, I don't know like what I would do to, I probably just like, well, go to YouTube university where we all have <laughs> a degree from and try to figure it out. Or like, like you said, like watch people who have done it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I yeah, that's like, 
I don't know, Chris. How do you think you would even prep for that? Um, I mean, I can do it in Espanol, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, and speaking of uh, freelance, so we want to know um, what does freelance wrestling mean to both of you? So we can start with KML, but like we're going to get into a little bit of a show preview, but it's eight years of this. And obviously you guys have so much history um, and love for, for just independent wrestling as a whole. But like for what does freelance wrestling mean to you, KML? It's cliche, but I think especially in my case, it does actually fit. Like freelance is home. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of the one, it's the only promotion that like I work consistently. I've been there since basically the beginning. Uh, I'm basically there for every show. It's like, it's, it's become like a, it's become a home to me. And uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely been a special place for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. So like, that's an amazing answer. What like what makes it feel home to you? I guess like. Uh, well, it... I mean, right. It's always the people, right? Like the people yeah. is what makes it feel right. Like all the personalities you meet, and especially when like when we started, right? There was a large group of us that were all the same age. We're all twenty three. So like Nick's and like Olsen and like Cash. I think Cash might have been a year older. Uh, all the commentators were 23. Uh, Maxwell, Tyler, and I are like four months apart. So we were all kind of in the same place, early 20s, trying to figure things out. Uh, some of us had, like, you know, in terms of job prospects and stuff, we were like different, but like we're all kind of like young men uh, who were trying to figure out our place in the world. And freelance became an avenue for that for a lot of us. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I think, <clears throat> I think that harks back to like Nix's. The reason why freelance wrestling started he's like i just want to place he will say this he said it on this podcast before you ask him at any time and it stuck with me he's like i just want a place where my friends and i can wrestle like consistently and so it's like you kind of build, it's like he, that was the start of this family right and you guys just kind of grow together and make new friends because like i didn't know like yeah. with the exception of maxwell i didn't know anyone there like when i showed up for the first time at that underground show i remember i showed up like i was there maybe a couple hours before like the start of us like just setting up the like set, setting up the main part of the ring and it was like nicks and olsen all these guys were like around and like i was like i think they're there for the wrestling show but i don't know and i don't want to approach them so i was like off in the corner for like two hours just kind of hanging out while like i'm seeing all these guys congregate and then like thinking back like a decade later like i love all of those guys yeah and that was my first meeting which like just me being like too like timid to like shake oh it's like shake their hands or like ask them like are you here for the wrestling show and then it turns out we're all ended up at least you know at least being like very uh very cordial and professional and in some cases for sure like real like real deep friendships yeah definitely no i think even when like when uh you'd be before we're not going to get into pandemic stuff because we're moving on from that but before the pandemic (laughs) when chris and i were like going to like three shows a month or like even like one show a month you know, we felt like we, even if you just get that one month touch point with someone, I feel like you build a relationship with that person. Then you check in, you might talk for five minutes, check in with their life a little bit, talk about the show. And it's just like a seven, eight minute conversation. But you get like a, like I have, I have like wrestling friends that now I've made just from going and seeing these people at the shows. I've never seen them outside of a wrestling show and I don't need to, that's fine. But like, I would consider them friends if I saw them at a different place. I'd be like, oh shit, like what's new? How are you doing? Et cetera. So you can really one month touch point, you can build a relationship with a group of people. Um, um, Sterling, what does freelance wrestling mean to you? You know, uh, freelance came to me at a time in my life where I didn't really have much going on from an extracurricular perspective. I just, um, 
I was just working uh, and constantly grinding. I didn't have anything besides coming home, playing video games and watching TV. Um, and uh, what has kept me with freelance uh, over the years is, like Kim Al said, the people. Um, uh, the top pillar of me personally, um, like the apex of what I care about most in life, is just seeing people uh, be successful and growing to a point where they're seeing success. And that's indie wrestling at its core, realistically. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people that are trying something out. Uh, something they are passionate about, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, each show, each match, each time you interact with them, uh, each time they get signed, each time they they get their big break, things like that, each time they win a, a championship belt, all of those things uh, over time, over the last few years, is really what kept me around is I love seeing that. I love seeing the growth and trajectories folks have had. And um, realistically, it's prospering. Um, and seeing that that development, and that's stuff I carry with, carry with me outside uh, of the building, outside of a wrestling show as well. I just like to see the best in people, and if I can help them out in any way or make them look better, um, that's really most what I care about. Yeah, and that I think I think uh, you guys do that so much, obviously, in your commentary. I know that's like a goal of it. I know that Jr. has said that before like that like that is something that should be like top of priority is getting talent over and helping them i feel like we also do that in a different capacity i not when they're when they're not in the ring we try to pull back that curtain and try to get people to know who this wrestler is etc give them a peek into their life or a peek into like just what what they're into or maybe even advance a storyline which we have done um and i think we'll talk a little bit about there's some despicable people that have been kind of grinding our gears. Uh, but yes, there you go. Uh, if, you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, Chris is just throwing hashtags and shit at the screen right now. It's a, it's a decent watch. We don't look that bad. Uh, you know, these gentlemen that we're talking to have lost a bunch of weight recently, so check them out. Um, but Chris, we've, we're, I think we're done with the salad bar. Right. Uh, yeah. Before we, we, we get to that, to that, uh, the end of that salad bar, I just kind of wanted to make an emphasis on, on, you know, two things. Well, you, both of you guys have said the same thing about the people in freelance, right? And our, our first engagement with freelance, um, not, you know, obviously like being just fans, but us getting invited, um, is when we were awarding the, the belt to freelance for, for that bracket. Um, you know, it was very inviting. It felt like home without yes. no before that hashtag even being a thing, right? Just welcoming some fans that made a a, a bracket, a parody bracket. Um, freelance, you know, blew everyone away, and and, and they won. Um, it was it was very welcoming, and and that has to do with the people that are involved, right? So I just kind of want to make an emphasis on that because that's what kind of brings people back and 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 made you guys stay. It made us feel welcome. And and that's why we you know frequent the promotion. So I just kind of don't want to make make a um, <clears throat> a statement there that it, it is about the people and, and everybody yeah. cares, right? Everybody cares for the success of of freelance of the wrestlers of the promotion. So <clears throat> shout out to to that magic that makes freelance home. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> all right. So to close off the salad bar, it's been a hefty salad. Um, I got to ask you guys, uh, what is your favorite part of an actual salad? Go Came first. Up. We'll go first. With Star- I think we should we'll switch off. Sterling, you go first. Um, hmm. I think my favorite part of a salad is the dressing. 
Uh, yeah, but what kind? Uh, I mean, my go-to dressing usually is ranch, uh, but oh, uh, sometimes uh, other times it's Caesar uh, dressing, and I don't care if it's a Caesar salad or not. I'm still using Caesar dressing. So there. I love Caesar dressing. I absolutely <laughs> love Caesar. But this is have you ever seen that Jeff of the guy at the baseball stadium? Where yeah, like the thumb, that's me right now, just standing there with the thumbs down at ranch. I, I that's disgusting. K Mel, do you eat salads? You eat salads because you're looking fit as fuck. I just what? had a salad like uh 45 <laughs> minutes ago, so yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part of a salad? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, right now, probably carrots. Oh, okay, but like, you that's, go, that's... like I go in cycles, like. I used to be a huge, like, I loved, like, it was, like, a very simple vinaigrette of just, like, lime, a little bit of olive oil, a little, like, salt topping, and that was my favorite, and then it went okay. to, uh, I was a big tomatoes guy, and now I'm, I'm a carrots guy. You know. Like shaved carrots or chunks <laughs> of carrots? Like, so, like, I get, like, I get peeled, like, I just, like, I'll buy, like, bags of peeled carrots, and, like, when I make uh -huh. my salad, I'll have, like, 10 or 15 before, and then I'll put, like, 10 or 15 in there. And like that's my that's my jam right now. That that's how you know. I mean, a man just has lost. He's like we we're talking before. He's like, yeah, I lost a ton of weight. Put carrots in your salad. That's how you do it, baby. That's I'm sure. No, I'm sure it's a lot of other stuff. But no, honestly, from, it's, it's honestly mostly just like portion control and like eating a yes. little healthier. And carrots. It actually is that simple. But just put. If that is a goal of yours, it does not need to be necessarily for anyone. <laughs> Everyone's got their own journey. No judgment. Yeah. Like that is a goal for yours, honestly, just like eating, like eating a little less, don't starve, but just like, you know, just being responsible in terms of how you like maintain your, your, uh, the amount of calorie, your caloric expenditure and how, like how many calories you have. It's literally all you have to do yeah. for most people. There's 90, 10 rule, 90, 10 rule, obviously. <laughs> and that, that's how it is for most things. Right. All right. That's just ironic that, yeah, I'm not, carrot has never been said before. It's um, first. It's a first. That's a first year. You heard it yeah, first. But I, I'm glad. As long as croutons are not mentioned, we don't really need croutons. I'm team crouton. What's I'm the crouton, crouton hate? I'm, 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 I don't know. I'd rather have a maybe a piece of bread than the crouton sprinkled on the salad. That's just me. Yeah. So croutons get said a lot. If you listen to this podcast, croutons is the, the leader, I think. And then I think ranch is number two. So... The, well, we're going to split into two factions, Team Crouton versus Team Ranch. Has there been a uh, salad bar bracket? Oh, no. No. But, well, wow. coming up next year, now we know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the creative over here, okay? Yeah, you know, it's an option. Exactly. It's um, an absolute option. <laughs> That's great. Um, cool. Freelance versus the world. It's an anniversary show, right? That's uh, So that me. so this is, I don't know when, when, I don't know. It's so it's a it's the it's the eighth, it's the eighth anniversary, but obviously we had something in between that kind of screwed everything. Up. Yes, but there hasn't been eight freelance versus the world, has there? No, no. no. So uh, or seven. So we what is this is the sixth? Okay. This is the actual this is the sixth freelance versus the world event, but it's the eighth anniversary of freelance. Cool. And the anniversary. I mean, so many it's within the same month that it started. So. Yeah. So uh, so it started. So freelance started. It will will we'll not include the warehouse shows, but like freelance proper started on June twenty seventh, two thousand and fourteen. Okay. So we're ten days off, but then we have the Emporium show on the thirtieth. So like that's actually closer to our anniversary date. But uh. no, that's cool. See, you're just just spitting facts. Um, big show <laughs> for the brands. Um, obviously, and there has been, it's cool because it's almost like, a. 
it's like a there it's like a midway point right on the year um i don't really know what you would call freelancers wrestlemania or if they have one would you guys call this freelancer wrestlemania or no I would, I would actually, I sh- it, it depends, right? Because we've had years where Freelance versus Worlds is always a big show. Obviously. Yes, huge show. But I would argue, and I think, I, I, Sterling, I think Sterling might agree. I feel like the last couple of years when we were running kind of shows consistently, the December show has really been our our biggest mm. show. Yeah. In 2018 and 2019, respectively. I feel like that was our number one show. And, uh, and Freelance versus the World was our midpoint show. A big show in its own right. Yes. kind of getting us like on the road to December, but December has kind of been the culmination of, of the biggest feuds of the year. And I think, you know, Ky- Kylie headlining both uh, the 2018 and 2019 uh, December shows. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a huge midpoint. It almost feels like an earlier summer slam or something like that, like two months before August, but it's, you can just look at the card and there has been feuds that have, you can build for six, eight to six months if you want to start them in like December of last year mm-hmm. and you can build these feuds for this amount of time and have them mean a lot. And then this is kind of a, it can be considered a big blow off depending on what happens for some of them. So um, we can get into some of the matches first. There is a couple, like there's a couple of big feudy ones. We won't get into those right now, but it, um, there is. So I want to, this is a question for Sterling. Um, and I don't know if you necessarily, I, I know that Jimmy D was there, but I don't know if you, if you were at the Thornton distillery show, the, the most previous one four quarters, but, and I don't know exactly, are you like pro project Monix right now? Cause he's done some pretty despicable things and he's wrestling Xavier sky. And I know Xavier sky considers him a protege. I don't know why you would look up to project Monix, but like, are you pro project Monix right now? I guess is the first question. You know, that's a, that's a great point. I, uh, I actually did miss the last Freelance Underground show. Um, okay. It was uh, out of the country, but um, I am a pro project. So, um, you know, the thing about uh, Project Monix is. Uh, he just left the call. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think the thing uh, why I'm pro project is because if you are solely focused and concentrated on what uh, the project has done recently, you're missing the whole point and the the whole emphasis on what the project is. It's literally a culmination of everything he's done um, in his pro wrestling journey. And if you've really followed, which I think most of the folks on the call have uh, followed his whole career, um, these things need to be done ultimately to advance him um to where he wants to be at the end of the day so i'm pro project all day because because this thing is the thing that kind of happened at thorn distillery and the thing that is part of his new mindset is that he needs to stop to advance in this business he needs to stop being so nice and caring about others and caring about what others think and he's trying to ascend to this godly level um that sounds that makes sense to me yeah, he's stepping on a lot of people to get there, and he's burning bridges in the pro. And like, is that just collateral damage that you just have to deal with? I mean, I think so. In all honesty, uh, you know, maybe not all the time, and it's not even ninety ten, like KML mentioned moments ago. I think it's like ninety eight two, but sometimes you have to do that, uh, and um, that's exactly what we're seeing for Monix right now. Cool. Well, I don't know if his if his record is clean. His record is that clean. 
since he's ascended to this level. But and I, and he's carrying a belt that you could argue doesn't hold as much weight as others. Um, but uh, I'm holding back right now. But we may let you make your point. Obviously, we want to be civil on this podcast. Came out. What do you think about Xavier Sky versus Project Monash? I'm fascinated by it, right? Because at one point, Project Monix was kind of the guy that we talked about as like the up and comer. Uh, he had his own journey. Remember in 2019, him and him and Isaiah, like they went back mm-hmm. and forth. Maybe mm-hmm. the most violent match in the history of the, of the company was them in December, where it looked like Project Monix kind of kind of broke through that like through that seal and was like making it. And then, you know, he uh, he retires, or at least we thought he retired. Uh, he had the concussions. He, def- I mean, he, th- he definitely had the concussions. He, he, yeah. was, he was he was he was in really bad shape. And then something snapped. I don't know what it was. We were under the impression he was going to retire when he came back in November. It was supposed to be kind of like celebrating kind of the end of Project Monix's journey, or at least this portion of it in professional wrestling. And then, you know, I wake up on Sunday and everyone's like, "Nah, he's back!" Like, did you hear what happened the night before? And I was like, "Like, you know, like I was like, what happened?" And they're like, "Yeah." Project Monix played everyone for a fool, except for apparently Sterling. I don't know if Sterling had some, uh, some, some, some inside information that Project Monix was uh, was trying to Probably. trick all of us. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Project Monix's attitude. But like, the guy, guy's obviously skilled. Xavier's got he oozes with talent. He's in, he's incredibly young. He's kind of still learning how to use it. But you know, he's already beaten him in that uh, six person tag at the Emporium in March. Yep. We we saw what he was able to do in the freelance rumble when he came out. Like, I don't really, you know, it's hard to really peg because we haven't seen him one on one. So it's you know, it's really hard to peg like what that's going to look like because we haven't really seen them see him touch, like you know, in a in a pure one on one context. But you know, I, I think Xavier Sky's at a minimum a live dog okay. in that match for sure. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> I want to get into this next one. I need you guys to help me out. We can start with KML because. I know two people, and it's a trios match. Shout out trios! Shout oh, out. was that the match that was announced today? I think so. Shout out trios! Shout out Lucha Libre. Um, big on the trios, and uh, it went. Shout Is out this Blair. the first time Freelance puts out a trios match? <laughs> I think so. They were. Were they doing them at? We were. I know we were ribbing James over trios or something. I don't know if that was a different show or not, but um, it, it, yeah, it seemed new to me on the card. And then uh, I saw a shout out Blair Onyx. I saw her in Avondale recently um, in the middle <laughs> nice. of the day when I was doing a dog walk. So shout out Blair Onyx uh, coming up in, in my hood, Avondale. Shout out Avondale. And uh, okay. It looks like came out, just dropped. He came back. So actually it started with Sterling. So here's the match. Taylor rising, Mark Wheeler and Jesse V versus Jason Hotch, Blair Onyx and Sam Beal. Now, uh, hopefully you've done – I'm assuming you've done your legwork. Uh, I don't know a lot of people in this match, so, like, where do we start here? Um, you know, I think we start with Blair Onyx, in all honesty. It, mm-hmm. If you've watched the last few months, Blair Onyx has had such a meteoric rise within freelance. Um, the reaction she's getting from the crowd rightfully deserved. She's been putting in the work. Um, when she gets her hand around the throat of her opponents for the choke slam, the whole building just shakes uh, from excitement. And I think she's probably the one to watch the most in this contest. Um, the great thing about Freelance and Freelance Underground that I've loved over the years is we oftentimes bring in new faces, faces that are new to the area, as well as new to wrestling. 
And uh, we're getting to see some of that spotlight in this match. Um, but I think the person to watch here is definitely going to be Blair Onyx. Yeah, definitely. KML, can you uh, – Do you have you done any – can you hear us, first of all? If you're yeah, yes, I can hear you guys. My bad. I can hear you guys. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. Like, like I know. I, I, I've just been a pain on everyone's side tonight in terms of uh, in terms of my audio and video and et cetera, et cetera, issues. My bad, guys. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, this trios match, what's your first impression? Do you have an impression of it that was announced? I, I am fascinated, right? Because, for example, we, we only have two people in this match that have been in freelance before as Sterling mentioned Blair Blair's a regular we know what Blair can do we know yeah. she's really been gaining a fan base in freelance she had won her first uh kind of singles match a few months ago against Blaney Luck uh which is I mean that's an incredibly impressive win against uh yeah. one of the better talents in freelance and freelance underground uh and then you know the return of Mark Wheeler and he's bringing his he's he's, he's bringing his folks with him like uh Mark Wheeler's son I've always loved watching the watching wrestle a, a real level of physicality brings a lot of like beautiful strikes together he's a he's a fellow orthodox so you got to rep that uh but yeah i am fascinated to see what this looks like and in the context of a trios contest uh um you know like like sterling we're gonna have to dig into the tape uh tonight and tomorrow to get prepped but from the little bits i've been able to see so far i think it's gonna be a very interesting contest yeah, yeah. I was just going to uh, say one more thing about the match. Uh, um, you mentioned Mark Wheeler, but we've got an opportunity. And uh, for folks who haven't seen Taylor Rising, Mark Wheeler, and Jesse V recently on Freelance Underground, uh, they uh, were in action. Uh, Taylor was in a, I believe, a triple threat match with, um, I'm trying to think. It come off so bad, not remembering. I think it was, uh, I think it was Taylor Rising. Blair Onyx and I think Heather Monroe okay. uh, match. Uh, Mark Wheeler was on the show. Jesse V was on the show as well. So uh, seek that out on IWTV if you want to just uh, get a better uh, knowledge base of them. But three phenomenal talent from Canada. Uh, they are uh, mainstays okay. within the uh, Super Cake promotion. Um, I would. Uh, I'm looking I would, at uh, Heather Monroe, Billy Starks, and Taylor Rice. Billy Starks, correct. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I would totally just uh, take a look at some of their work. They're really, really impressive. I'm excited to see what they could bring to Logan Square Auditorium this Friday. Yeah, that's cool. So it's, it's this. It's cool that we the freelance maintains that super kick connection, that relationship. Speaking of IWTV, Sterling is repping the shirt. So subtle plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool that that's always there. The the next match is like like I said, there have been a couple that have built been building for some time. This one I think is maybe like a six -ish, six ish month bill, but it's Kylie Ray versus Alfonso Gonzalez, former tag team partners. Alfonso Gonzalez was just being really, really honestly really mean to Kylie Ray, confusing her, conflicting her. Kylie's like, I don't know whether to help my partner or to try to win the match or you know, things like that. Like she does have a vicious side. And he's like tr almost trying to pull that out of out of her, weaponize it, like et cetera. Like uh, I don't know, came out like, what do you think about this match? Well, one uh, first things first, right? Kylie's had the worst luck with tag team partners. That's yeah, <laughs> yes, she really has. She has. <clears throat> well, Alfonso Gonzalez might be the best tag team partner you've had in your freelance career. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, like. 
you mentioned, uh, you know, it seems like Alfonso Gonzalez, at least when they were tag team partners, might have been trying to kind of pull out a side of Kylie Ray and use it for his own purposes. And I think it's a pretty astute observation. It's kind of how I felt. Uh, maybe not confident enough to say, it's, uh, say that on commentary, but I think I think it's a very uh, interesting point that you brought up. In terms of those two, it's it's interesting, right? Because Kylie Ray had to give up that freelance title. She was a freelance champion when we kind of came back uh, in September, and then since then, I think she's still trying to find her footing. Uh, but I think you know, giving her someone like Alfonso Gonzalez and kind of the personal animosity has been built up. I think this is kind of the exact formula she needs to beat Kylie Ray again, to be the Kylie Ray that we remember uh, from 2019 and 2020 when she wasn't just kicking ass. I mean, like, you remember the match against Robert Anthony in February of 2020? She beat him in the end of his life. Like, that's, that, Kylie Ray can get there. Like, there's a certain level of yeah. that she has in her. Uh, when the wrong person uh, gets a hold of it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very nasty. Yeah. You know, you make a great point. It's almost like I want to tell Kylie and be like, hey, don't ever tag with anyone ever again. Stay out <laughs> of the tag division. She's so gullible. And, like, people take advantage of it, right? Like, Sterling, like, Alfonso Gonzalez has just been, like, toying with her. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of things that uh, we're skipping over here. Kylie uh, Ray was on a losing streak. Alfonso Gonzalez was on a winning streak. Alfonso Gonzalez uh, helped Kylie get that first win back in her uh, back in the win column and really set her straight. Alfonso Gonzalez has a very, very big uh, opportunity here where it really could set him on a crash course up and to the right realistically. If he yeah. can beat Kylie Ray, a two-time freelance wrestling champion um, on Freelance vs. the World, we should be talking about what's next for Alfonso Gonzalez, to be honest with you. Um, Alfonso, a team of one, a black belt. Uh, I mean, he's got everything realistically that it takes to be successful uh, in this sport. And I think if he's able to capture the victory this Friday, I don't know what's next for him. Maybe he takes that belt off of uh, the bounty hunter. Sterling yeah. calling a shot, huh? <laughs> you know, Damn. it's like... Man. Sterling's okay with with if people need to get to a certain place. Sterling's okay. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter how disrespectful you are. It doesn't matter who you who you backstab. As long as that person advances, right? Is that what you're listen? Saying? At the end of the day, all that matters is championships. And yes, Kylie Ray is a two time champion, but Alfonso Gonzalez is that much more hungry to get his hands on the gold. Um, when, uh, we take a look at, and, uh, I don't know if there's any basketball fans in here, but the NBA on TNT crew, it's who it's Shaq, it's Charles Barkley. And it's, uh, uh, who's the Kenny, other Kenny, the Jet Smith, Kenny, the Jet Smith. <laughs> and, and Ernie he, Johnson, my bad. And, and guess what? Of those three former basketball players who doesn't have a ring, Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley has to sit next to Kenny, the Jet Smith every single game knowing that Kenny the Jet Smith was a bum and he has a ring. So, you know, uh, realistically, um, and it goes to other sports too, you know, look at Marino, it doesn't have a ring. There's a lot of folks that do not have championships. And I think Alfonso Gonzalez, if he can pick up the victory, he's poised. He's That's a big, big win. I think we can all agree on that. Wow, what, an, what an analogy. I didn't expect this match. Barkley slander. But... <laughs> hey, I mean, that's what makes Sterling really good at his job, his ability to 
to pull things like that. But no, I, I mean, Sterling does make an important point. Like, Alfonso is hungry, man. Like, he wants it. And uh, it's not that Kylie isn't hungry. I guess it's, you know, we want to see, you know, where it's at. And I, I believe it's, it's she, she's going to bring it on Friday. So, yeah, I, it's. Yeah, we got to see what side of, of Kylie we're going to get. That, that's Friday. the thing. That's what I was going to talk about, right? Like, this match reminds me of Kylie versus Kobe Durst. Kobe Durst was hungry at that point. But then that's when we saw the vicious side of Kylie, right? Like that, he started unlocking that. And I think this match can either do that or or surprise us in any other way. But but I think that potentially this could kind of unlock that side of Kylie that we started to see pre-pandemic. Um, and now it's tucked away, maybe. And, and that can resurface that uh, just to make a point and, and put, you know, Alonso back in this place. Kylie tried to turn Kobe into the real Randy the Ram Robinson, like all beat up and like hurt and like unable to move. She tried to, because that's how Kobe Durst is dressed as. She tried to turn him into a mangled wrestler. So I, I don't know. If, I don't know if any dojo can prepare you for that side of her, but uh, we'll see. Um, Laney and GPA get another tag match versus the Premier. Uh, their tag work has been awesome. Have you, have any of you guys, Sterling, have you watched any other tag work, either freelance or other places? Oh, absolutely. I, I love the cohesion between Laney and GPA. Um, and uh, this is exactly what GPA do. needed. It, it's realistically, and <laughs> catch me in a lie anywhere. Call me out. KML, KML's familiar with that. Catch me in a lie. But realistically, this is exactly what GPA needed as well. Um, GPA needed that luck to help him get back Ooh, in the win. I like that. That victory on uh, Shazza McKenzie. And um, realistically, you're starting to see quite a bit of their, like, uh, their synchronicity. I don't know if that's a word again. You can. Oh, no, you're good, Sterles. You're good. You're good. You're working it, my man. <laughs> <laughs> the most I'm ever going to agree with that right synchronicity <laughs> between the two of them. You know what I mean? Um, just last show, I believe the finish was uh, GPA hit the cram session right into the unicutter. I mean, that's devastating. That's literally uh, uh, will put anyone out. And if they had the ability to do that again this Friday, ultimately it's going to be a very, very quick night um, uh, uh, against the Premier. Yeah. Kamo, what do you think about that? The the tag team of Laney and GPA? I think GPA did, you know, he had climbed the mountain molt and then he fell. And now, yeah, he, he Laney's kind of helping him bounce back. Would you say that's true or no? Yeah. I think there's times I want to sympathize with GPA. There's times where I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the guy, you know, he used to give me a ride home after shows every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> But I've never met a person, certainly in, in regards to his professional career, his wrestling career, who's as, like, self-righteous and never willing to admit that maybe he's, like, the reason that he screws up in GPA. GPA is always the victim. And it's, like, it's infuriating because, like, GPA has a lot to be proud of in his professional wrestling career, certainly in his freelance career, right? As we said, former freelance champion. Yeah. Uh you know, he, he had similar success in underground. He's been able to tour uh, outside of Illinois. He's not just a guy that, like, kind of wrestles the local circuit. Like, he's had success, but, like, he always has an excuse for why something didn't go his way, despite the fact that he's 
been successful. So it's weird that he has all these excuses. And then, like, when things don't go his way, he finds a way to screw someone else over. We talked about Kylie earlier, but now we see when he was having that losing streak through his option of freelance, instead of, you know, just kind of buckling down and using the immense amount of talent that we know he has, his ring smarts, his generalship, his ring generalship, he resorts to using his fiance to help them get back on the winning, like, winning track. I don't know. To me, it's kind of messed up. Like, I don't know. I mean, Ster- I see Sterling is this, like, maybe I feel like Sterling <laughs> wants to give a rebuttal. But to me, it's kind of messed up. Especially because we know how good he is. We know how good GPA is. Like, he doesn't need to do this. That was, like, the nicest. And you, like, insulted him and complimented him in the same <laughs> sentence. Sterling, your, your, your rebuttal. Uh, you know, I think the key word that KML used there that was really off-putting, and I think GPA and Laney would be very offended, is the term used. I don't think he used anyone. I think GPA and Laney work together. Um, and uh, it's a very mutual understanding. They're fiancés, right? Um, so I don't think one's using the other. They both are in the ring. They're both working bell to bell, and they're both getting victories. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, has GPA over the years used dastardly ways to get victories? Yeah, but like I said earlier, 98-2, that's – it has to be done sometimes. <laughs> so just, do not just, by sometimes you mean a majority. Um, no, no. This is our main philosophical difference on commentary. <laughs> check, check my percentages, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Okay. Um, and then another one with a ton. This is, I think, been my favorite build. Yeah, I think we're we're, we're like. So Sterling, do, do we still have the the uh, freelance promo code for IWTV for anybody that's not going to this show? I think this is one that um, you know I like to say it's a match that I didn't know I wanted, but it's happening, and and I'm looking forward to it, which is this uh, tag team ladder match. Um, but it, do we still have freelance as a as a promo code for IWTV? Um, I don't believe that promo code's still working. Uh, otherwise, I would totally yeah. plug it right now. But regardless, sign up for IWTV for this show. It's going to be a big show in general. Um, but this tag match, uh, if you haven't been watching the shows, you've been attending, uh, make sure you, you take a look at the Freelances series that's on YouTube. That's available for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nice. really chartered this journey over the last few months. Realistically, it's it's not even the journey of the six people in this match. It's more so the journey of the title belt, right? Yeah. Um, tag title belts, that is, um, and where they've been, who's had them. It's really been a hot potato situation. Yeah, they've been getting pa- they've been getting passed around. And I think it's funny because pick and pop, right? They and probably Sterling probably likes them because they're he, they're, he does. He does. He does. <laughs> I can already know it's coming. They they were the they're the ones who will shank you to get what they want literally shank you or fight you in a prison yard brawl or something like that to have their reputation coda was on this podcast talking about he was breaking into homes and cars allegedly you know those those are his words um we just provided the, the platform for them but and they they're the ones who stole the belts you know and that's on brand for them so these and because of that, now these like you said, these belts are being passed around for a hot by like as a hot potato, and they're at, no one. I don't even know who physically has them at this point in their hands. <laughs> and as as champions, like I would be very frustrated because I feel like that's that should be ours. And now there's these people taking them or on joy rides with them, 
But now we now when this match starts, we know where the belts will be. And that's what's like the coolest part about this, I think. Um, Kamal, do you have like a you have a predicted winner for this match? I really think any team could take it. No, I concur. I think any team can take it. Uh, well, I mean, I guess professionally, we shouldn't be making predictions on commentary. Oh, sure, uh, sure. In terms of bias, so I guess I won't give a prediction. Uh, but yeah, kind of just kind of going on to the point. Yeah, I mean, this has been a thing since uh, last September, right? Remember Pick and Pop and uh, the Bengals uh, wrestled in a tag match. Uh, the Bengals won on that night. And ever since then, those two teams have been on a collision course every month. And right. then you add the tag team champions into it uh, when they wrestled. Uh, they wrestled the Bang Bros a couple different times. One was a non-title. Uh, another was a uh, six-person tag. Uh, we saw the Bang Bros have actually a, a good amount of success against the Ticket Home Records, but they weren't able to actually win those belts when they wrestled in December. And ever since, you know, that, as you said, those tag belts have been switching hands, you know, uh, Pick and Pop, I'm sorry, Pick and Pop taking it one month, and then uh, Bang Bros trying to take it, take it from them, and then it goes back and forth. And I think it just demonstrates how important those tag team championships are to all three teams, right? You've got two of the tag teams that are from the Freelance Wrestling Academy. I mean, Freelance is home for them. That's that's the tag team championships of their home promotion. Winning those belts would mean a lot for them. Yeah. Uh, especially kind of in their steps as professional, in professional wrestling. Uh, and then for Corbin and for Bucky... I mean, they got, they, you know, they, they worked their asses off to get those belts. I mean, as much as sometimes, you know, we treat them as, you know, at times as a comedic act. I mean, Corbin's a former freelance champion. Bucky Collins is a beast when he's on. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they beat the Space Pirates in order to win those championships in a hell of a match. Like, that's a good And I'm team. sure they're, they're not point. ready to give those up. They're not ready to give up those tag team championship belts. So I think sometimes, you know, while looking at this and we talk about, you know, the stealing of the physical belts and uh, the fact that we had no, con- you know, no contest month after month. I think it's a demonstration of, like, these three teams will do anything. And, like, you need to put those belts 20 feet up in the air because otherwise, like, you're not going to get a decisive winner unless you literally force these teams to beat the crap out of each other for as long as it takes that they literally cannot prevent another team to scale a ladder and pick up championship belts. Yeah. Has there been – I know there's been ladders involved in matches. I think, like, the Knicks versus Olsen street fight, I think, ended with a big ladder uh, slam. But is has there ever been a true ladder match? No, we've had one TLC match, but the stipulation there was you can win by pinfall or submission. Right. So the weapons that were or the foreign objects that were provided to the combatants were tables, ladders, and chairs. We haven't had a proper ladder match. This is the first proper ladder match in freelance history. That's you know, we've been here for eight years and we're finally doing a ladder match. And I don't think there's been a more appropriate time for a ladder match, given how <laughs> these three teams cannot possibly resolve their issues their conflict under normal circumstances you give them a regular match they're you're gonna the refs have not been able to keep control of these six these six combatants you if you if you have a if you let a ref be involved in the decision here you're not getting one yeah yeah that's perfect there i think uh one word uh that will describe this match is grit and the team that has the most grit will win um, and I'm just saying, I saw pick and pop in a prison guard rules match last year. I haven't seen the other two teams get this dangerous. And uh, realistically, I'm going to give you my prediction, pick and pop all the way um, because of what I've seen. 
<laughs> and uh, realistically, this was the only match that freelance management really could have put out there because not only are the belts going to be suspended above the ring, but also in this match, this match has the potential to do enough damage to the other combatants and participants in the ring that they won't be able to get those championship belts even when they're taken from um, above the ring. So uh, I expect all six competitors to bring it on Friday. And it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of people left in the mess um, at the end of the day. And uh, a we'll huge benefit. A huge, a huge benefit for Pig and Pop is there's a trail. Uh, oh right. yeah! Oh yeah! No, legit, like no, 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 no. This isn't this isn't one of those wrestling shows where we say a guy's five inches taller than he actually is. Darius is every bit yeah. of build height and weight. That's a big, that's a big man. And uh, legitimate professional basketball player played yeah. uh, played in Belgium, played in the Netherlands, played uh, in the UK. Uh, he's a Chicago guy. He won a state title at Marshall in two thousand and eight. I'm mean, I was, I'm a huge prep basketball fan, or at least I was at the time. No, the guy's a great athlete, but all six guys are going to bring it. And we know we know how well we know how well the Bang Bros thrive in chaotic environments. This is the ultimate in terms of chaotic environments. And you can't just and you can't replace the experience that Bucky and Darren have. Uh, you know they've been through it all. They've been in ladder matches before. They've been in multi man matches before. They have a wealth of experience. They know how to kind of handle situations like this. So I think every team kind of has their strengths in this contest. And that leads, you know, that leads to where it's it's really hard to determine who's gonna, who a winner is. You're almost a little worried that like it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot to get those belts, which means the other four combatants, they're it's it's not gonna be pretty. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. If I were the other teams, I would almost uh, pick and pop. I'm there's a part of me that's rooting for pick and pop because I think they're like really have really grown. Um, like over this past year just as a tag team but you need to like almost take out Darius Luttrell to start it's like almost like if if, if Bang Bros and Taken Home Rose formed an alliance I would chop that big tree down because it's such an advantage the man is that's all like you said chop that big tree down and then figure it out from there and you don't have to worry about his height on the rest of the match so that that that's seems like the strategy to me well uh, that that being said, like it's it's true, right? Like we, we know there is a trust. It's a tall man, and and that's a huge advantage for them. But talking about you know big a big match here is Brian Keith versus Trey Miguel. Oof, Brian Keith. I, I, I got to take a pause right there. <laughs> Having oh, even said that, this is for the Freelance that. Legacy Championship. I want to know everyone's opinion on Brian Keith. Because he came onto the, he was like, someone said bringing in new people. He came in, and then all of a sudden, everyone was like infatuated with this dude. I think he deserves it. Um, respect the Serape, right, Chris? And right. Um, but like, what do you guys think of Brian? Like, and then I mean, it's almost like Trey Miguel too, because I know he hasn't wrestled. I think in Chicago Land, except maybe for Warrior, in quite some time. And I know there is there, he was part of a promotion that did not like certain wrestlers wrestling in certain areas or for other certain promotions. We're not here to sling any mud. Those are their rules, but um, almost seems like a little, like this guy shouldn't be here, but he is here and we're glad he is wrestling here. So there's a lot of different stuff, but like Brian Keith, like your, your first impression of him coming out of the scene. I mean, what else? I mean, what is, I mean, I, I can't remember a newcomer 
popping the way that Brian Keith has in quite a long time. Yeah. Honestly, like, it, and this isn't a, this isn't a fair example to use for multiple reasons. And maybe I'm forgetting someone, but I feel like the last person that popped like this, at least to me, was like Kylie. And like hers was a little more haphazard, but like her, like her, but like it's been that long. Like I, it's hard for me to think of someone who like immediately ingratiated themselves with the freelance faithful, yes. was successful, right? Because Brian Keith won his first three matches against like top guys like Carlos Romo was a beast, and those two put on probably the match of the year of 2021 for freelance. Uh, him and Storm wrestled, and they they had a they had a, they had an excellent match. Uh, and then I'm why I'm blanking. Craig Mitchell. Oh my yeah, him and Craig. I'm poor Craig, by the way. But uh, yeah, like and the heart that Craig Mitchell displayed wrestling that match uh, after he got hurt, and those two put on an absolute show. Like Craig, like uh, Brian Keith has been an absolute beast, and I think people just I, I think sometimes when someone wrestles with and Sterling uses word earlier but we definitely associated with brian keith that much grit and toughness and willingness to 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 that aggression it's 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 like it's palpable it's like it's it's very like you just can't like it, it's 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 the type of sensation where you just can't like it's irresistible like he's very in a lot of ways he's like yeah. like you just fall in love with him because of how how he competes in in the ring yeah it was like an immediate infatuation sternly did you feel that way at all Absolutely. Uh, you know, the freelance faithful just immediately immersed to Brian Keith uh, right off the bat. And um, uh, you don't see that too often, especially when folks aren't from Chicago or aren't from around here or the surrounding. Um, it takes a little while, but I, I feel like from the jump, the freelance faithful have really, really taken to Brian Keith. Uh, and I think it's because he brings that aggression um, that we uh, we see, I mean, quite frankly, it, just in certain spots here and there, but he brings it every month. And I think that's what uh, I really like the most. And I think that's also what the freelance faithful like the most about Brian Keith. Yeah. And he has presence. Like, Brian Keith has a presence. Mm -hmm. The moment he walks across that stage, you know that's Brian Keith. And you know he's trying to beat the living crap out of someone. And when Still Tiffin is blasting off the walls of the Logan Square Auditorium, you know you're in the right place. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. And then, like I said, it's Trey Miguel being here, obviously someone who's, if you've been watching independent wrestling for the past five, six years, you've seen him in places around here mm -hmm. in the same, in the same venue even, mm -hmm. uh, but has not dipped his toe into freelance for certain reasons. It feels was little... he Was he on the, cause he was originally scheduled for the August 30th, 2016 card. I don't remember if he had to pull out for one reason or another. But I think See? so. Yeah, I should. I probably should have rechecked. That's okay. Came up. We rely on you for those. <laughs> I know. Now I'm screwing it up. But no, at one. Yeah, he might have had to pull out. Not not for that reason. And no shade. Like it's it's all good. Uh, but yeah, no. So this is definitely at minimum first time back in five years. In what six years? Uh, but yeah, we all we all know how good Trey Miguel is. My bad, Charlie. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I mean, Trey Miguel is, uh, you know, I remember seeing Trey Miguel here in Chicago for a while. Um, just put on some really really killer performances. But Trey Miguel is no slouch. He could easily walk in here in one show and win the Freelance Legacy Championship. He yeah. is a former War Warrior Wrestling World Champion. He held that championship for well over 400 days. Um, and he lost that to um, someone who is regarded as the best wrestler in the world, 
Will Ospreay, which shameless plug while we're on the podcast. I don't know if you guys saw this. Will Ospreay will be in the building this Friday for the freelance wrestling before the freelance wrestling show doing signings. Um, you can buy tickets on warriorwrestling.com, but that is a uh, announcement that was just announced moments ago. So Damn. come out for the Will Ospreay signing and stay for the freelance versus the world show this Friday. So, um, but I mean, uh, it's going to be a great match between Trey Miguel and, and Brian Keith. Uh, and hopefully more folks are going to get to know Brian Keith for a long, long time here in Chicago. Yeah. It feel, it feel, I want to show up with my setup. It's to show some support. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels uh, Trey Miguel wrestling for freelance feels, and this is not, this is going to sound bad because I'm not putting any label on any independent promotion, but it sounds like a top like WCW guy who's like just won their title or just lost their title, just kind of coming over to WWF in the Monday night wars. That's what it feels like. It's like, this dude's a top guy. We've seen him in the same building wrestling for someone else. And now he's just like, it's almost weird seeing him on a freelance poster. Almost to me, it was weird seeing him. I had a double take. I was like, Oh, that's Trey McGill. Cause he's like, he's just like a mainstay for AW done so much there. And then such like, like you said, the stuff he did with warrior, he's like a top guy there. And he just comes over to freelance and he just, and it's really cool. So it's just like a really nice bon- added bonus. And he might be the legacy champion at the end of the night too. So yeah, he honestly, you're right. Stan, like he could win. And I don't think anyone would bat an eye, honestly. It's because he's, he's made name, his name elsewhere. Um, in the last match, uh, just as someone who's honestly getting their shot and who's deserved that shot is Storm Grayson versus Robert yes. Anthony with Frank the Clown. Uh, Storm Grayson, Chris, I mean, you've seen, we've talked about this in the podcast, how much he's grown and I uh, feel like he's really earned this opportunity. Right. Yeah. I mean, we see, we have seen him, you know, from his, um, green kid days to, to now we followed his journey. And, and I think this is a well-deserved opportunity, right. For, for Storm Grayson, it's a chance for him to prove himself, but at the same time, I mean, you have to factor in. Robert Anthony and that clown. So, you know, okay. it's, it, yeah. Let, let me hear your thoughts on that. No, I was just going to say, Sterling, I think it's your time to defend the the shitty person. In the match. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have all this heat for, uh, for Frank, the clown. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, Frank, uh, Frank has really come on the scene strong. He's, He's everywhere nowadays within Warrior, within Freelance, at Disney. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's definitely made his presence known and no bigger presence made than um, aiding or assisting or being by the side of Robert Ego Anthony uh, for the last uh, year or so. And we've seen what that can do, right? The proof is in the pudding. I like to trace back to results, right? Robert Ego Anthony is a now former freelance legacy champion, and he is still the current freelance world champion. Um, I mean, no one else in our history has held two belts at the same time, I don't believe. Um, And uh, to do that really um, is truly phenomenal. It's in the record books for sure. Uh, Frank uh, has uh, definitely stuck his nose sometimes where it doesn't belong, and he's been course corrected for that. Right, the referees have removed him from the, the from ringside. Uh, he's been um, he's been punched across the face. 
um, I think even just this last month. So he's definitely taken his licks for sure, but uh, don't take anything away from Robert Anthony as well. Robert Anthony has been a, a world-class performer for well over, uh, if not close to two decades now. Um, so I expect Robert Anthony to bring his A game this Friday as he does every month. Um, but I, I'm more so looking forward to see how he rebounds uh, after that that loss last month to Brian Keith. Yeah. Camo, what do you think about this uh, this main event? I'm assuming it's main event. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 there's so much there's so much to talk about. But first, I mean, one shout out to our third commentator, Val Capone. For beating us, uh, for for beating uh, the clown's <laughs> ass not not too long ago, shout out to her. Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so much, right? Oh, did we lose you? He's coming back. Oh, I should be back now, right? You're back. I'm sure that's the clown trying to stop him from talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was say, yeah, Frank, didn't, Frank didn't want what I what I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as Phil mentioned, right? This is you know Robert Anthony. Oh, he's can oh. Frank stop it? Stop with the censorship. <laughs> is this your doing, Sterling? Is this you? Uh, All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. There we go. So let them like, speak. As, as, as Sterling mentioned, I mean, this is this is. I mean, it's obviously big for Robert Anthony. Like that doesn't need to be said. But he lost one of his two championships last month. He lost the MC championship to. To Brian Keith, there's like the like the we like the, the the king isn't like he's not bulletproof anymore. Like someone struck a almost fatal wound to Robert Anthony, and I want to see how he responds to it. I want to see whether or not it brings out kind of an animalistic rage that we have at times seen at freelance. I want to see like how he responds to his first uh, bit of really you know true adversity in two years because that was his first loss in freelance since yeah. he wrestled Kylie Ray for the belt in February of 2020. He had been on the biggest hot streak we had ever seen in freelance. Won two belts. Won the Freelance Wrestling Heavyweight Championship Tournament. I mean, he had maybe the best run of his independent wrestling career. Yeah. And now he's at risk of it all going away. So, like, I mean, it's it, this is one of the biggest matches. For, obviously, it's the biggest match of Storm Grace's uh, independent wrestling career, but it's also one of the biggest matches in Robert Anthony's independent wrestling career and there there's something about matches with that type of stakes where you know both guys are so absolutely hungry and desperate that like they're that they're going to pull all the possible stops to try to get that win because this is everything for them and robert anthony's articulated how important the freelance championship has been to him as much as i might not like how he's conducted himself that championship is so important to him. And for Storm Grayson, I mean, this is another Chicago guy who trained for what was at the time the Underground Academy that has now become the Freelance Academy. Winning the championship in this promotion is would be an incredibly special achievement for him too. So I'm just, it's there's it's it's palpable the the energy and the excitement for watching those two guys and and the fact that Storm Grayson in a lot of ways reminds me of Robert Anthony, especially physically. He's one of the few guys that can match up with him in that way. Uh, in freelance, I think it's one of the guys that skill for skill can match with Robert Anthony. I think, you know, if there is a deciding factor, it's going to be kind of Storm's desire to kind of break that ceiling and become champion versus Rob's, you know, wanting to keep the streak alive and just the amount of experience he's accrued over the last two decades. I and mean, the guy was in WWE 
uh, developmental in what, like 2006. His breakout in the Indies was TPI 2008 against Ali. I mean, this guy has seen it all against a guy that I think in a decade we'll be talking about Storm Grayson as someone who's seen it all. So, I mean, it's it's right on a knife edge there. Like, I don't know how you feel. I, I feel like you feel similarly, but I, I, I want your thoughts on this. Yeah. This match is absolutely banging. Yeah, I, I think um... – and I think we beat the drum quite a bit on commentary, just telling the story of Storm. But for folks that don't uh, watch the stream and they're out there live and listening to this podcast, uh, Storm Grayson, I've watched Storm Grayson for the last uh, six years. Uh, I mean, dating all the way back to the super tough dudes uh, time period uh, when he was tagging with, uh, with Monix at the time. And uh, just seeing his journey, seeing how he's – a transformed as a wrestler, how he's transformed his body, how he suffered as well. He's suffered twice now where he's had injuries that have put him on the shelf for six to nine months each time. Uh, he's had opportunities overseas to perform at a high level. Um, and this, this is the biggest opportunity in his career. And I think I could say that because I've probably called most of the matches in his career as well. Um, he is not going to come into this unprepared. I think the thing that is will, will be the wild card is he's coming in there with a game, Robert Anthony. Um, and uh, realistically, you can't prepare for that. You can watch some of Robert Anthony's matches on tape. He's had a, a illustrious career. Um, but getting in the ring with him is a totally different beast. Um, and I think uh, for Storm Grayson, if he's able to overcome that this Friday, um, it will put him on the map. It will start that trajectory, like KML said, until where we're talking about Storm Grayson in 10 years as we're talking about Robert Anthony today. And I will say, I mean, as we talked, as Sterling mentioned, right, he had, he had, he had the shoulder injuries and he'd been, he'd been on the shelf for, you know, for multiple, like, long periods of time. And then we saw him really work on his body. And then since the resumption of freelance in September – we saw him wrestle some of the best guys in the independent circuit. And really, he really he's really showed his words, right? His only loss was to Brian Keith. And that loss looks even better now than it did at the time. We saw him last, and it was what was it, an hour and eight minutes and four seconds? Is that is that correct, Sterling? Correct. As the as to win the freelance rumble, we saw him beat the likes of Jordan Oliver. We see him likes beat the likes of Gary J. We see him beat, you know, as much as he might be an enigma, he's immensely talented in, in J.J. Garrett. I mean, this guy has been rolling through. He won a freelance scramble since he's come, since uh, freelance has come back. He's been killing the game. He's been, he's, he's been one of him and Brian Keith have been the kind of the two guys that have been nipping on Robert Anthony's uh, on Robert Anthony since we've come back. Uh, and, it's it's going to be interesting because Storm Storm has the tools. There's no question he has the tools. It's whether or not he's got you know whether he's been able to accrue the experience, whether he's ready kind of for the atmosphere that's going to be. It's the main event of the biggest show of the year, right? Yeah. It's freelance versus the world. It's going to be our biggest crowd. It's going to be loud in there. Robert Anthony is going to want to murder not just Storm Grayson, but literally everyone in that building after what happened last month. It's going to be the most game and intense. Robert Anthony, you've got that clown who you have to that. The, the clown's a factor. He's always been a yes. factor. You've got to you've yes. got to determine that. It's going to be a lot of things that that Storm Grayson's going to have to navigate. But he's shown before, you know, winning the scramble, winning the rumble. He's shown that he can handle chaotic environments. So, like, a hundred percent, Storm Grayson has a real shot at winning this match. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled it off. But Robert Anthony is an absolute beast. He's in the best run of his career. 
Uh, he might be in the best. He probably is in the best shape, shape of his career. I think he's in the best mental space of his career. Uh, you know, with the exception of what happened last month, it's uh, it's this is certainly a match that is uh, is worthy of being the main event of freelance versus the world. Yeah, the most interesting. Th- you guys all make awesome points. Um, it's why you're so good at what you do. Um, I think the most interesting things are this. It's a this is the big stage for a lot of people are going to see the biggest stage they've seen yet in in Logan Square Auditorium Freelance Wrestling. This is one of them. This is the biggest stage I think Storm will be on for this brand in this venue. Um, and I think the other most interesting thing is, like you said, KML, Robert Anthony was on the top of the mountain for so long. We got so comfortable with him, him and Frank being there. Um, and then now he, he got, he took a a punch he wasn't expecting and a loss he wasn't expecting, I'm sure. So how does he respond to this? Was it because he was comfortable and now is he going to be refocused? You know, it's almost like that team, that team in the NFL that like loses a couple before they get into the playoffs, but they don't matter that much or because like, you know, they got those losses out of the way. Now they like have learned from it, et cetera. Like, so, like, I'm pulling for Storm, but I wonder if now Ego is just going to be that much more intense and that much more focused. Can Storm rise to this occasion? Because this is the biggest stage he might ever be on, you know. So this is the biggest stage so far and he might ever be on. So it's a big legacy moment for him. No pressure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, Storm. That's right. Hey, but the special—that's what this—that's what the special ones want, though. Like, yeah. Storm Storm competes because he—he he wants he wants people to watch him wrestle. He want he, he wants the adulation. He wants the pressure. So, yeah, I don't I don't mean to keep selling this match, but like I like I reject like this is I'm I'm getting excited talking about it. I'm sorry, guys. No, you, I just, you I'm, tell, I'm getting hyped. I'm getting hyped now. That's well, not, that's you know, why you're on I, I want that I want that excitement to keep going because we're moving to that dessert. And before we go into uh, board association, right, I want to ask you guys, as a dessert for us, please treat us to your favorite freelance match ever. Cool. I know that's a, that's, that's a mouthful for sure. Ah, uh, man. I'll let Kmel go first. <laughs> <laughs> it means I need more time. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? Because I feel like if you said like give me the Mount Rushmore, I can probably do four, but like having to like distill right. it. Down okay, g- one, g- uh, give me give me your four really quick then, and why? Uh, Ali versus Izzy uh, in June of 2016 when uh, the belt flipped. Uh, I feel like okay. it was the, kind of the first capsule moment of freelance. Awesome. Uh, Kylie versus GPA. I think it was the most emotional feud we had. I think it was probably maybe the, the best one we ever did. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, Kylie versus Ego 2019, uh, mm-hmm. the the November show, not the December show. I think that's okay. actually the one that won Freelance Match of the Year. Anyways, I think it was I think I think it was one of the one one of the most belt uh, you know best belt matches that we ever did. And then the fourth uh, is actually the December 2019, but it's Monix and Izzy or and Isaiah's. Uh, yeah. I, and just in terms of just in terms of like what that moment meant for Project Monix. I'll say those are the four, but I can probably name another five that I like loved too. No, that's a really good answer. Um, yeah, Sterling. I mean, feel free to you can answer with one, or you can answer it the same way. Because I feel no. like it is a really tough question that we just dropped on you. Like, <laughs> hey, I have this 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 bowl <laughs> of of dessert ice cream that's gonna give you brain freeze kind of thing. 
it's crazy. I love a lot of different matches for different ways uh, mm-hmm. and reasons. And I think it's because, like we mentioned at the very beginning of this, the people. Um, yeah. But uh, just in terms of uh, which match I think was probably my favorite of them all, um, it has to be GPA versus Kylie Ray. Um, yeah. I think it, I'm a big, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers in the wrestling industry that are not, uh, have lost that touch when it comes to stories. They just, go out and perform matches. Freelance has a very, very good reputation of telling incredible stories. And I think the best built story we've had in our history, in all honesty, is GPA and Kylie Ray. Um, and it had a fantastic finish that um, put a bow on oh, a fantastic story. Yeah. It, it just goes to just the um, just the level of depth and level of um, level of admiration they have in terms of storytelling. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a match that I've watched digitally or in person. I was obviously there for that one person that I could remember being more amped for than that one. I think that would probably be my like uh, that would probably be my answer as well. But I think the ones that Kamal mentioned as well are easily could be pillar matches that you know could cement the legacy of this brand. Um, so yeah, I, I started. We save the best for last, I think. Uh, Chris, I think he's going to get into some word association. Chris, I don't know if you had an answer for that either, that question. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I don't. Even though we have this, <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for it because I, I, I thought I did. But, right, you can't just forget about these matches. Like the uh, Mustafa Ali three-way match with uh, Isaiah's and GPA. Like, like that was one of the first few freelance shows that I've attended to. And literally just because of that match, I came back the next show. Right. So there's different matches that mean, that mean something different, but, but this is what freelance does, right? They, they rope you in and, and uh, you know, obviously the Kylie and and GPAs um, and, and there's just been several, you know, matches over the years that I just, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that, but I just know that, what freelance has done for me personally as a wrestling fan um, is, is just something that, you know, I, I truly treasure. And that's why we, you know, we make sure to, to talk about freelance, to talk about the upcoming shows, to, to have this podcast running for promotions like freelance, not just freelance, but there's freelance underground and we don't exclude any other promotions, but um, I think it all comes down to that, like storytelling um, from, from the commentary table, right. Which it doesn't get mentioned a lot but also what happens in the ring. So, yeah. um, you know, that being said, clearly I did not give you an, an answer. <laughs> um, you, you danced around it, but it was well said. As well, yeah. it's a good dance. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, in, uh, you know, good old fashion of the dessert, uh, we're going to go into a word association. And because we have two guests, I'm going to go one and one, and we'll kick it off with Sterling, and then we'll go to KML and back and forth. So, so wait, do you, you guys know, know what this is? Oh, yeah. go for it. Sorry. Yeah, but as you know, word association. So how this goes is I'll throw something at you. I'll throw a word, a name, etc. Your task is to just provide me with the first thing that comes to mind. One word answer. One word answers. All right. All right. So uh, kicking things off with Sterling. Sterling. Uh, Darren Corbin. Um. Uh... Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Came out. Trevor Adlaw. 
We'll say derelict. Yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> Sterling. Logan Square Auditorium. Loud. KML. The Abbey Pub. Uh, bittersweet. Sterling. Kylie Ray. Um, Joy. KML. GPA. A ride. <laughs> no, this is going to be a compliment. Transportation. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. I, brilliant. He's genuinely brilliant. Yeah. Sterling. Robert Anthony. A veteran. Hey, Mel. Frank the Clown. Endearing, surprisingly. Endearing. Sterling, Freelance Underground. The start. Last but not least, KML, Freelance Wrestling. Forever. Yeah. Good job, guys. That was really good. That's good. It's gonna tear up at the end of that. KML obviously was very nice to people he didn't need to be nice to. So thank you. Dan. Yeah, let's add it out the whole Frank one. Yeah, he's a scumbag. <laughs> he's scumbag. Yeah, will have something to say as well. So you may want to edit that one out. When Trevor was on the show, we did word association with him, and he was not allowed to use that word <laughs> for any of any for any of his things. He would just went down the line and use that. So I'm glad that you use that on him, and that's perfect. Awesome, guys. Well, as we're wrapping things up, uh, all I can ask you guys is to plug away your social media handles and, of course, you know, hashtag freelance is home. Um, KML, you want to go first and then I'll go? I don't really have much to plug, so I think I think it's all you, Sterles. Um, so at, on social media, you can find me at, at RR Sterling on Twitter, at Sterles, S-T-E-R-L-Z underscore R on Instagram. Um, one thing, a bit of breaking news, uh, KML doesn't even know this yet, but I shared with management, I will actually be stepping away from commentary indefinitely after the show on Friday. Oh, no. Uh, I know I'll be leaving wrestling. Um, I just got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life right now. Um, it's been an incredible journey and ride. I'm happy that I was able to finally get on two heels and a face Holy um, shit. as a longtime listener, but um, shot. it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's bittersweet. I'm sure I'll, I'll uh, probably have some more to say about it on Friday, but, uh, yeah, I was going to, sh- I'm going to share it, uh, a little bit on social media probably tomorrow morning, but, uh, I, uh, it wasn't an easy decision for sure, but um, you know when you're juggling a lot of things in life, um, you're constantly trying to reduce the funnel and uh, mm-hmm. focus on the things that are most important. So um, I think stepping away is probably going to give me that avenue to focus on the things that you got to prioritize. So wow, I, I thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> a bit of breaking news. Definitely, my, my guys keep leaving me, man. My guys keep leaving me. <laughs> It, how serendipitous is this that we finally did it? Like, yeah. I know, like, like we, <laughs> we I, I, I don't know, Chris and I have always been like, yeah, like we've always, 
and we get sidetracked, but we both we, honestly, your name has literally been in my Trello board. I don't know if you use Trello <laughs> for, a, for a bit. Yeah. This is so this is so ironic. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably the first time folks have seen me because we're not visual. We're always audio for folks. Um, right. So it's probably even the first time folks have seen me. I mean, you guys have seen me because you know who I am, but uh, for sure. So uh, it'll be bittersweet this yeah. Friday with Kamel and Val. But um, what a show to go out on, realistically, our eighth anniversary. Um, I just had my five-year anniversary with Freelance last month. So um uh, you know, now is a, a good time, good in time than any to definitely go out. Um, and we'll see you on Friday. Um, <laughs> a fantastic <laughs> hashtag. Never say never. Um, that, that is true when it comes to wrestling. But I'll be around. Uh, Chicago is my hometown. Logan Square is right in my backyard. So I'll be uh, I'll be around from time to time. But uh, yeah, that, it, that is the end of me. On Man. This is crazy. I don't know what to say. I don't know what it's going to, it's going to sound. Yeah. Uh, probably. I mean, obviously Val will probably step in. She's great as well. It's not going to be the same with, I feel like with you, like I said, you guys are synonymous in my head when, when watching the recap back. So, but with, best of luck with everything, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a pleasure being on the show today with you guys and Kamel. It's always been a pleasure working with you over the last few years. Oh, a thousand percent. So, but yeah. Crazy. I'm blown away. That's been the best, not the best in terms of news, yeah. but like the, the news, like people like come on here and drop news and it's, we appreciate it, but it's usually like, Oh, a match announcement. And it's like, Oh, that's yeah. great. And stuff. But this has been like, fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I stalled for a second. So yeah. thanks for sharing that with us. Mind blown. And yeah. that's what happens in wrestling when you don't get smartened up to things before uh, they happen. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, you never do that. I never do that. <laughs> Now you know how we feel, me and Kamel, when we don't get told certain things that we should be putting over on commentary. But um, yeah, no. Oh, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was waiting. For, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you follow that, Kamel, but I you do it live. Wanna, I mean, I don't. I just, I mean, I just kind of give my. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you know, like, you know, if you felt like you needed to step away, you know, step away. It's not yeah. like don't. Don't do something that like if it's if it's not working out for you. But like sure. obviously, you know, I've enjoyed our time together on commentary. I remember the first time that you did commentary with me and did commentary freelance was May 19th, 2017. Uh, we talked about it in the last show. Like we, we talked about how it was yours and uh and Kylie's uh fifth anniversary of freelance. Yeah. I didn't know that was you know the second to last show that uh you know that we're doing together. I'm glad that at least we have we have Friday night. We have Friday yeah. night, so we got one more time. Uh one more time for the one time. Yeah, one, one time for the one time. And obviously, Ster we all know who's going to have the last word on Friday. It's obviously going to be Sterling. Yeah. We'll see if you do a Maxwell and do the whole thing in the ring. I don't know if you want to do that. I don't no, know if you want to no. do that announcement. For no. But yeah, so I'm excited for Sterling's sign-off. Yeah, Definitely. Well, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for for kind of sharing your story and, and also sharing the news with us. Right. But at the same time, we just got to say thank you for for this dynamic duo that, that we got, you know, and in one of those, you know, <laughs> lessons learned. Right. Don't think take things for granted. But when they're not working out, you just got to do what you got to do. And, and, and it's right. all good. So, you know, appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys being here, the both of you, um, you know, again, uh, we definitely enjoy the commentary of, of, of both of you and, and the storytelling that you guys provide. 
um, a, it's a, a whole different layer than just being at the show in person, right? So that's yes. the benefit of whether it's IWTV, whether that's YouTube, whether that's whatever, like just hearing that story from really talented people, the, the, the commentary are a, a huge part of, of what goes on into these promotions and, and hearing you guys tell us that story adds, like I said, adds a different layer and a different feel. And, and that's what makes things great. So uh, thank you again. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off. Uh, Sterling, uh, we'll definitely uh, see you Friday and uh, send you off. And, and hopefully we'll see you around. But as two, as, uh, as far as Two Heels and a Face goes, um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Two Heels and a Face, number Two Heels and a Face. Visit our website, twoheelsandaface.com. And, um I mean, Charlie, I don't know. I'm sure you'll agree, but uh, we can just uh, hashtag uh, thank you, Sterling, for this episode. <laughs> thank you, Sterling. I was gonna, I didn't know if you were going to drop a Viva La Chico because look at the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> I mean, sure, we can hashtag Viva La Chico, but, uh, you know, on that note. No, thank you, guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you. <laughs>